0: Today on Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Ballmer, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne, in Melbourne, Florida.
1: The only way Peter knows to solve a problem, with the strength of his flesh. Now, don't get too down on Peter, because we're very similar to Peter. Peter. How often do we try to solve our problems with the strength of the flesh? And it won't be until after Pentecost that we see a changed Peter. It won't be until after your Pentecost that you will see a changed Christian. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives.
0: There are times for nearly every believer where a person's prayer life can wane. But for some, that close relationship with the Lord never gets off the ground at all. They are a disciple outwardly, but not in the spirit. That kind of shallow connection is easily broken, especially when times are hard and the pressure is on. As Pastor Mark will show us today, more than one of Jesus' disciples will abandon him when the tides turn from admiration to hatred. When you face hatred, ridicule, or persecution because of your faith, is your commitment to him rooted in truth and love? Or is it merely a loose connection to religion, tradition, family, Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 14, verse 43, with part one of our message entitled, All Alone, Deserted and Forsaken.
1: Now you remember, Jesus basically has been deserted, and tonight's title is, All Alone, Deserted and Forsaken. Jesus has been deserted, is in the process of being deserted, and Judas has found them, Jesus, as he's gone to the leaders of the Jewish religion, he's found them in a very familiar place. Just as he was speaking, this is Jesus, Judas, one of the twelve, Appeared, And with him was a crowd armed with swords and clubs, sent from the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders. So when Jesus dismissed Judas during the Passover supper, Judas went for the 30 pieces of silver and arranged with the chief priests and the teachers of the law to come and arrest Jesus. Now you remember this morning, the, the very first verse, or very first two verses in Mark 14, the chief priests and the, and the um, teachers of the law had determined to kill Jesus, but remember they said, we're not going to do it during the Passover time. Not a chance we're going to do that, because he's too popular with the people. At that point when they made that statement, they didn't understand that Judas was going to turn up. And Judas was a dream come true for them because they couldn't figure how to arrest this guy. Judas provided for it. Now they wait until dark. Most of the people in those times, they you know, we look at this and think, Well, you know, why did they bring lights and whatever? Well, turn all the lights off in here, and let's head out to the parking lot with no lights on, and you find me. So it's a little difficult, and they knew in the night. They would not be threatened with the crowd because they're going to do this under secrecy. And in fact, when they arrest him and take him back to the high priest's home, they're going to do something really illegal. You're not supposed to do that in the night. Of course, then they have to hold another one in the morning to, kind of as a, a kangaroo court just to say that they didn't do it at night. Now, Judas was possibly going to guide them to a couple places. First of all, there are some people that believe that Judas initially went to the place of where the Passover was. And I'll explain why a little later. Others believe that he went right to Gethsemane. We really don't know. But we do know that they were coming at night so they could arrest him without commotion. Now, if indeed Judas did go to the Passover place and didn't find Jesus there, why do you think he would go to Gethsemane next? Well, because that was a common place for Jesus to go to pray. And when I studied that, I thought it was interesting Jesus had a habit of going to that place. And so what you see is Jesus had a favorite place to go to pray. One of many. I think it's important that you and I have a place and a time of prayer. You know, if we don't, we usually don't pray. Jesus had a place he went to. Often his time was early in the morning. This was a special time, obviously, because of what he was about to undertake But here we are, Jesus, a place of intimacy, speaking to his Father. It's really a foolish scene when you see that the the chief priests and the teachers come with a Roman army, soldiers. Now the reason they, they brought the temple police, which they had their own, but they also brought the Romans in case there was any trouble. Now you realize, and we'll mention this again later on, the Jews could not put anybody to death. They were under the thumb of Rome politically. So to do what they wanted to do, they were going to have to have the Romans to be part of them. So they brought the Roman soldiers with them and the temple police. Here they are with clubs and and swords or whatever, and here they are with Jesus and 11 scared disciples. It's a great scene, isn't it? Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man, arrest him, and lead him away under guard. So since it was dark, this Judas had arranged, prearranged a sign with him, with all the people around. He didn't know what kind of commotion there would be there. He says, you just watch me. I'm the one that will lead you to this person called Jesus. Verse 45. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Rabbi, and he kissed him. Here is the ultimate traitor, Judas, giving a kiss, which in the Greek... This word for kiss can mean an extremely affectionate kiss. Wasn't a peck on the cheek. It was a kiss with affection. How do you think Jesus felt with that type of kiss? Notice he says, Rabbi, which means this. This is another slap in the face. Respected teacher, or more literally in the Greek, My teacher. What a blow to Jesus. Jesus had spent three and a half years being a great teacher. He had taught with a soft heart about having a clear conscience, being open to the word of God. And what do we see? Judas says, my teacher. Satan's a great deceiver. Some people that will say they come to this church and other churches or whatever, and they say, you know, you're my pastor and whatever. And you look at their life, and they don't ever match up to the word of God. I mean, they're just playing games. So he says to Jesus, my teacher, he was really two-faced. He was totally hypocritical, and he was out to destroy Jesus. We need to be people that are real and people with integrity. And the men seized Jesus and arrested him. And then one of those standing near drew his sword. You don't even have to guess who that is if you didn't even know. And struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Now Peter is awake. He's going to solve the problem. How? The only way Peter knows to solve a problem. With the strength of his flesh. Now, don't get too down on Peter. Because we're very similar to Peter. How often do we try to solve our problems with the strength of the flesh? And it won't be until after Pentecost that we see a changed Peter. It won't be until after your Pentecost that you will see a changed Christian. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And if you do a study, it's a great study to study the disciples before Pentecost and the disciples after. It's proof pudding of what the power of the Holy Spirit can do in our life. Remember, we're not talking about just the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's just the doorway into the life of the Spirit. Now, Peter had missed Jesus' prayer time because of the weakness of the flesh. But now he tries to make up for it by his own flesh. How often, and I thought about this myself today, how often we miss our prayer time in the morning and we try to make up for it the rest of the day with all kinds of things. How many know that day never turns out good? It just never does. And yet the next day we go, well, and catch up on Wednesday, and pretty soon it's Saturday, and here we are Sunday again, and Pastor, would you shut up? I don't want to hear any more about this. Because we do the very same thing. We miss out spiritually that intimacy time with God, whether it's 10 minutes or 15 minutes. Now, again, if we do that with legalism... You can kiss that goodbye, because that's useless. But if we're truly meeting God, God can do more in two or three minutes than a whole day of our trying to organize something. He just does it, and so we should meet Him early in the morning and make sure it's a time of intimacy, not just doing it because, well, Pastor Mark said, i got to do it tomorrow morning, I'm going to do it. Forget it. It's a waste of your time. Now, Luke tells us, interesting, Mark is the kind of guy... I don't know that I'm really a Mark, but whatever. Mark's kind of a guy who gets right to the point. I guess I am in some ways, but he, he isn't a very detailed guy. When I teach, I do more than get to the point. I just go on and on and on. You guys know that. Whatever. So Luke here tells Jesus, tells us that Jesus healed the ear of Malchus. He put it back on his head. Now I want you to stop for a moment. Here come these Romans. Here come the high priests The teachers of law, all these people, Peter's there and he whacks his, now if he'd have been more awake, he might have whacked his old head off. We don't know what happened. He whacks his ear off. Jesus steps forward, puts the ear back on. Now, if you're the enemy, what are you thinking? Who is this guy we're arresting here? I mean, have you ever seen an ear lopped off and put back on perfectly and healed? I've never seen it. But the man they're arresting is a guy that says, moment, perfect. I mean, I thought of this all day. Some of these guys must be going, what are we doing here? Now, what do you think Malchus was thinking? Wow. Wow. Unbelievable. And yet, they had already determined Jesus would die. You see, sometimes our logic is very dangerous. They move past the point of logic. They were into the things of Satan. Going on, verse 48 says this, from Jesus, Am I leading a rebellion? That you have come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I was with you, teaching in the temple courts. You did not arrest me. But the scriptures must be fulfilled. Now Matthew had something very interesting at that point that Mark doesn't tell us because Mark kind of does a shortcut. Matthew tells us at that point, he says basically to the disciples, to Peter, Put your swords away, and he basically says to the disciples, "This in one heartbeat, I could call the Father; He could bring twelve legions of angels. Do we think? Do you think we need your sword? Twelve legions of angels. Why didn't he? Because at Gethsemane, he submitted to the Father's will. And what was the prophecy Jesus talked? What does the scripture you say need to be fulfilled here?" Well, the Messiah was going to come and what? Die for the sins of the world. He knew he was the Messiah. So he says, no, I could stop the battle now. Well, I'm not going to do that because the scriptures must be fulfilled. Jesus was committed to obeying the will of the Father. His kingdom then was not of this world. His kingdom tonight is not of this world. His kingdom is where he sits, at the right hand of the Father right now. Now, the kingdom of God operates not by human force, but it operates by faith and obedience. It still operates that way today. Jesus said the scriptures must be fulfilled. This should encourage you, because when we go through the book of Daniel and Revelation, all those scriptures that have been fulfilled up to this point, every scripture must still be fulfilled. And they're going to be fulfilled perfectly. Verse 50, Then everyone deserted him, and fled. Have you ever been deserted? Have you ever been betrayed by a good friend? Does it hurt? Doesn't it? I mean, it really hurts. I remember many years ago when we had a—the you know, only church split I've ever been involved in i be almost 30 years ago, now 25 years ago, whatever—totally looked at wrong, and the elders were, and everything. It was just a nightmare. And I remember our kids being talked about, and your dad's responsible, for that and whatever. Well, God used it, as surprisingly, but God used that split where we really were honest and right. God used that to start Cornerstone, which became Calvary Chapel of Merritt Island, which now has become Calvary Chapel of Melbourne. So God knew. But in that, I had to have the right attitude, and God taught me some very hard things. But when you're abused and talked against and betrayed and left alone, it hurts. I can still tonight remember the night I went into my room quietly, nobody around, and I just cried most of the night. God, what are you doing? We're right in this. We didn't do anything wrong, and yet, look what happened. Well, from my viewpoint, I thought God was wrong, but God was right, he knew what he was doing. But Jesus here, every single person he cared about fled. Actually, here, you think about it. When they walk into the safety of the garden, the 11 are with them. Judas is already gone. Now, when they come and there's some rubbers going to hit the road, there's some difficulty, they're out of here. Three years of teaching, ups and downs, being with them, giving them grace, giving them mercy. Boom. You've heard the song, we're often hurt by the ones we love the most. This was Jesus. Turn to Colossians 4.12. I want to give you one verse quickly. This is a great verse to pray for our loved ones who are facing opposition, who need God's strength to stand firm. Jesus prayed this for his disciples, but they blew it anyway. Colossians 4.12. Epaphras, who is one of you, Paul says, and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends greetings. He is always wrestling in prayer for you. Does that sound like my prayers? Your prayer time? Wrestling in prayer for you. What was he wrestling about? That you may stand firm in all the will of God, mature and fully assured. If you want to pray any prayer for the elders, the pastors, that's a good one. Pray it for us. That when all kinds of things come into our lives and all kinds of accusations, and as time gets more difficult in this country, and some of us will have to put our lives, many of us will probably end up putting our lives on the line, that's the prayer you want to pray for us. That we'll stand firm in the will of God, mature and fully assured. And when you pray for us, Don't give it one of those once-over lightning. Wrestle in prayer for us. That's what real prayer means. Now go back to Mark chapter 14, and you'll see why I told you that some people believe that Judas went to the place where the Passover was before he went to the garden. Verse 51. And a young man wearing nothing but a linen garment was following Jesus. When they seized him, he fled naked, Leaving his garment behind. Now, Mark is the only one that records this incident in any of the Gospels. So most commentators, interpreters believe that this young man is none other than Mark himself in the raw. That's him. The word young man there means somebody about 24 to 40 years of age. Remember, Mark didn't see all of this stuff, all of this stuff personally, but he may have seen this. Most of what he got, he got from Peter's recollection of what took place. There are many people that believe the the owner of the house possibly was Mark's father at the Passover, and Mark was there, and Jesus was there, and they headed off to Gethsemane, and Judas showed up with the guard outside Mark's house. And when Mark was awakened by this, he really didn't have anything on but kind of like his linen garment, which is kind of like a sleeping thing, you know, skibbies for us or whatever. He just had that on. And when they left, being a big crowd, he figured, well, I can get to Jesus and warn him first. Although he didn't, he arrived... Too late. And after he arrives, basically all of this stuff is already taking place. Jesus is put into captivity here and, and the disciples have fled. So Mark in the background kind of follows Jesus when somebody notices that he's doing this and they reach out for him. Try to use him probably as a witness. You're, you're one of those followers. We're going to use you as the witness that they're getting ready. And Mark was able to wriggle free and Ran naked back, back to his home. We don't know if that's true or not. When we get to heaven, if that interests you, whatever, you can talk to Mark. <laughs> the last picture we have of Jesus with his disciples we've just given you. Eleven have fled and one has betrayed him. Sad picture. The last picture... These were the guys that are going to carry the gospel to all the world. And if you stop and think about that for a moment, and then you add into the equation the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the Spirit-filled life, you'll get your answer. If you stop here, you have no explanation for the book of Acts. Wipe out the power of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit-filled life, you have no explanation. Because it is the same guys, the reason we're church, because these guys were filled with the Spirit, and their life was turned upside down. And they turned the world upside down. That's the only reason. You cannot do what we see tonight here in our world in the flesh. It has to be a thing of the Spirit. So here's Jesus all alone. Now they took Jesus to the high priest, and all the chief priests, elders, and teachers of the law came together. Remember this verse. And Peter followed him at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest, And there he sat with the guards and warmed himself at the fire. Now, we know from one of the other areas that really Peter and John went to the courtyard. John got Peter in, and Peter was actually there in the courtyard and sits down in the company of the guards. Now, the first place that Jesus goes, we know from John 18, is to Annas, which is the former high priest and kind of the father-in-law of Caiaphas. And he's there in this preliminary hearing, and then he's taken to the home of Caiaphas, who was the current ruling high priest for the Jews. Now the chief priests in the whole Sanhedrin were looking for evidence against Jesus so they could put him to death. But they could not find any. So, since again, the Romans were in power, the Sanhedrin were looking, they assembled quickly in the middle of the night. We don't know how many of the 70 respected Jewish leaders were there. They looked quickly in the middle of the night. They were there and they were, they were trying to look for one thing. Proof enough that they could take Jesus and this proof to the Romans and say he is guilty of death. That's what they're looking for. That's all they're, they're not interested in anything else. So they're looking specifically for that. But they couldn't find any proof. They couldn't find any proof that he was guilty of death. So they decide to create some. Verse 56. Many testified falsely against him, but their statements did not agree. So it isn't for a lack of witnesses that they can't find it. They get all these witnesses there. They paid them. They've done whatever. And they're called, probably were called prior, even to the trial of Jesus here. And they come, but they couldn't get witness A and Witness B to match stories, or C and D, or E and F, or G and H, none of them matched. Now, in a Jewish trial, in those particular days, the Witnesses actually served kind of like the persecution, and they would all give their testimonies individually. Now, if you're going to have to, and this is very interesting, the Jewish leadership knew by the Mosaic Law that you had to have two Witnesses that corroborate, a particular story so that you could say yes the person is guilty Two, so they're going by the letter of the law in the Old Testament to bring about the death of Jesus but by going by the letter of the law they break first of all one of the Ten Commandments you shall not have give any false testimony against your neighbor so here these guys are really hept on keeping the law in one hand, on the other hand, they're breaking it. Amazing, isn't it? Sound familiar? Well, I do this, but I don't remember we talked about certain parts of the word? So here they are. They're dishonest. They were abiding by the law of the Moses, and yet in their heart, their heart was totally hard against God. That's really the highlight of religion, outward and inward.
0: Judas's plan to betray Jesus involved a horribly two-faced move, calling the Savior, my teacher, while signaling to Jesus' enemies who he was. As Pastor Mark reminded us in this message from Mark 14, that there are many people who claim to follow a particular pastor or teacher whose lives don't reflect the word at all. Jesus had taught his disciples for three years, but when danger approached, they fled fast. Pastor Mark covered quite a bit in today's message. Perhaps you'd like to review. You can listen to today's message again by logging on to lessonsforlivingradio.com. Just select today's date from the media player. Or you can also call us toll free. The number to call is 866 779 3441 to place an order for a CD. Again, that number to call is 866-779-3441. Another way to get in contact with us is by email. The address is info at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. That's info at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. By far, the best way to stay current with everything that you hear on Lessons for Living is to subscribe to the podcast. Subscribing is easy. Just follow the link at LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Now be sure and tune in next time as Pastor Mark takes a look at the actions of Peter when Jesus is arrested. The religious leaders question Jesus with the sole purpose of finding him guilty, not to find out truth. They will be blinded by their own hard-heartedness. Pastor Mark will explain how Peter's flesh could lead him to a place where he could be warned of his denials before they happened and still go through with it. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right.